Welcome to a fresh perspective on business technology. This is Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise, presented by Rising, a Wipro company. You'll hear from business and technology innovators who know how to use the latest technologies and business strategies to transform industries, and importantly, how these technologies and strategies can be shaped to your business needs in your way. Help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Happy to be here. This is episode number 12 in our series, and we've got a hot topic that is important to companies all over the world. I'm telling you, it's timely, it's relevant, and you're going to want to know. We're talking about your ideal IT project team. Who, what, where, and I'm going to ask how and why. I'm adding that to the title of the episode. I've got a panel of four experts in this field. They're going to help us figure this out with their insights, with their discussion statements, with their best practices. We might even learn quite a lot. But before we start, I want to say thank you to Hannah Hale and Sherry Meyer, Sherry Ann, in the background who helped co-produce this show. Now, as all of you know who watch the show and watch my other shows on a regular basis, uh, my monologue is not exactly what most people do on live radio. I'm Somebody called me last week the poet laureate of virtual poetry on live radio. So there we go. I have collaborated. Bonnie, you can smile now. We've got two Bonnies here today. I've collaborated with ChatGPT. I fed it some information about the topic, and I asked it to write a little tiny verse about the bios of each of my guests. So let me read this, and when I call your name, please wave furiously. It's very important because we are live streaming now. So... Welcome, viewers and listeners, to Rising Evolution's Domain, where enterprise futures, future-proofed, ascertain. Oh, it rhymes. Today, we focus on the IT initiatives that steer, the challenges faced, the solutions drawing near. Our panel, a symphony of expertise, so navigates the landscape where insights abound. I don't have a rhyme for abound. Sorry about that. It was expertise sounds. Best practices unravel, resource constraints untie, internal talents leveraged, external expertise amplified. There we rhyme now. On our live roundtable today, industry leaders convene to illuminate strategies on the IT building team scene. There we go. Thought leaders Bonnie Tinder, wave hello. Paul Rose, wave hello. Courtney Bird, wave hello. And Lauren Meinhertz, wave hello. Join me, Bonnie D., with their collective wisdom galore. Here we go. Bonnie Tinder has 25 years in software's embrace from Raven Intelligence peer reviews with grace. A top 100 influencer in HR technology's respect in 2022 and 23, her influence does reflect. Bonnie, I hope you like that. Yes. It's and, great. Good. And then we have Paul Rose. You didn't know we could summarize your whole professional experience in, in a two-line poem. Paul Rose, wave hello. Tech architect with skills refined in HXM Solutions, value consistently defined. He writes on employee experience and digital transformation, the future of work, and AI's potential creation. Paul, I hope that made you happy. He's smiling. Yes, good. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, <laughs> Good. Man. Courtney Bird, at the forefront of trends and tech, driving innovation. She's here on deck. Ascend Source's fa- founder with a mission so clear to drive value-based outcomes, better decisions to steer. Courtney, I hope that honored you. Nice. Yes. And Thanks. Lauren, you're welcome. Lauren Reinhardt, COO with a strategic mind. 
fueling growth with innovate initiatives and innovation design. From marketing to operations, her prowess is told at Ascend Source, where enterprise successes unfold. I hope you like that. She likes it. I got a thumbs up. So, dear <laughs> in this IT project team quest. Tune in, listen, or watch. Be our esteemed guest for your ideal IT project team. Who, what, where? A tapestry of insights and wisdom we share. So what'd you think? We get a thumbs up from me and ChatGPT, everybody? There you go. All right, let me see if I could do this now. You know that we've got some, there we go. Now we have a confetti parade. That's in honor of all of you for being here. So now it's time to go around the table and let's find out who you really, really are. The speaker order today is Bonnie Tinder and then Paul Rose, then Courtney Bird, and then Lauren Reinhardt. So Bonnie Tinder, I'm putting you on speaker view. Please just do the honor. Us do. Do us the honor of giving us about a three-minute collection of everything you've done. And why are you here, Bonnie? What's this topic mean to you? Welcome. Yes. Well, hi, Bonnie. So glad to be here. And that ChatGPT uh, home was just uh, Pulitzer Prize worthy. <laughs> um, so I, seven years ago, founded Raven Intelligence, which is a peer review site for enterprise software uh, and really designed to help customers make a great decision in an implementation partner. Raven has over 3,000 reviews about IT projects and the partners who help bring them to life. Uh, we're something like a trip advisor, uh, but customers come to our site not to look at vacations, but to um, really find the best consulting partner for their projects. Um, I spent my entire career in the uh, tech industry, and I worked with software uh, vendors and implementation, sales, and marketing. And I really started this company um, because I saw way too many implementation projects failing, and I wanted to change that track record. Um, I really wanted to help give customers a voice in the industry um, and help their peers learn from the implementation that they just went through. Um, also, I wanted to help independently recognize these consulting firms who were doing really successful work for clients and um, do so in a really independent and data-driven way. So thanks so much. Excited about the conversation today. Thank you. Tell me just briefly, how did you name your company? Yeah. So ravens are the smartest bird in the um, animal kingdom and they never forget. So you can only trick a raven one time um, and so this idea is, is a raven is uh, a bird that you can trust. And uh, yeah, likewise with our company. Thank you. Trust is an important word. And, and always, yes, we talk about trust in all kinds of IT settings and all kinds of tech settings and all kinds of especially AI settings today. Thank you. I'm always intrigued with how people name their company. So thank you, Bonnie. Let's move one seat around the virtual roundtable. Paul Rose, you're up. Please introduce yourself and tell us why are you here? Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Bonnie D. And it's a tough one to follow for after Bonnie Tinder. Um, brilliant business idea. So I've worked with Bonnie in the past. So um, really great to see how that business has has flourished over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, my background, I suppose, is is certainly more from a HR context. And then in recent, um, I suppose, in my in the role I have with Rising, which is an SAP Success Factors solution company, um, where we help, we implement, we support clients on that. I suppose that HR trans transformational journey, and um, 
I suppose looking back in terms of my own education, as I said, I really my it was focused more around HR and getting into consulting then was quite quite challenging, really, Bonnie, in terms of um, you know, a lot more of a technical focus. But one of our I suppose the original um CEO of ASON back when it was then, he had that vision in terms of okay, let's get business people, let's get HR and business people consulting as opposed to that traditional IT piece. So that was um I think that was quite innovative looking back around the time. And I know there was a lot of um a lot of people that benefit benefited from that as well. Hopefully, hopefully some clients as well. Um but yeah, so so learned a lot. And in recent years, um this I suppose this topic that you've introduced today is is certainly one close to my heart. It's it's one that we talk through with clients every day. They're starting off on that journey, starting off on an IT program and looking to see, okay, where can we get the right people engaged? What are the skills of those folks involved as well? So um, yeah, really looking forward to the session, Bonnie. Thank you very much. Very interesting. We're talking tech, but we're talking people. People are really the core of our conversation. Who, what, where, how, why. Very, very important teams, initiative, building teams. We're building teams, maybe with a little tech help, maybe with an AI on the side for some of the mundane, boring, repetitive (laughs) tasks. We don't want humans to have to do anymore, but we're talking about people. Thank you. Paul, I have to ask you, Where's the accent from? I love That's from um, Cork. It's the south of Ireland. So um, I'm living in Dublin, but down the south. So um, I don't know. You probably see Killian Murphy in a few weeks on the in the um, in the Oscars. So that's exa- probably I would say one mile from from Killian. Thank you. So we have a preview of how he's going to be speaking. <laughs> I, I, well, he, I, he's I probably it. more polished. <laughs> oh no, nobody's more polished than you. You're our you're our representative today. Thank you, Thank Paul. You, buddy. Let's move around the table. Courtney Bird, welcome. And you and Lauren are here both from your company, SN Source. Courtney, introduce yourself, please. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. And I work really hard to uh, hide my Southern accent. So if you ask me <laughs> where that comes from. But first and foremost, thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. It's an honor to be a part of this series alongside of you and the rest of the speakers today. Um, as mentioned, my name is Courtney Bird. I am the CEO at Ascend Source. I have spent the past 17 years of my career in the technology industry, helping organizations drive adoption of proven applications that transform their businesses. I initially began my professional journey in the data and analytics space, where I became uber passionate about business leaders being able to trust and consume information rather than having to rely on untrustworthy or inaccurate data. That core passion and fundamental pain um, has continued to be my mission as I led system integrators and partners to drive true change and uh, for enterprise customers across the globe. Then about six years ago, with a lot of, of we'll call it energy and a change the world mentality, I started Ascend Source. Um, our mission and goal is to bridge that gap between enterprise organization, technology partners, solutions, to expedite transformation transformation that delivers outcomes. So again, it's an absolute honor to be here today and a part of this panel. Well, we're Thank happy you. to have you. And I have to ask, Ascend Source, how mm-hmm. did you name your company, Courtney? Well, um, I think that uh, partners truly struggle to be and remain relevant in a vast ecosystem of what is, you know, in, in my small ecosystem, 28,000 partners. So the ability to ascend that message, to make it relevant, to understand exactly who you are and what you do was our passion statement. 
So um, it, it really came from the, the elevation of your brand. Thank you very much. Very well put. Lauren Reinhardt, so happy to have you here. COO, I'm always impressed with that title. Lauren, <laughs> let's hear who you are and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, COO of Ascend Source. I first got introduced to the technology ecosystem when I started working for ASUG, which is a professional organization for SAP users. And that was about 10 years ago. Um, and it was at ASUG where I saw the power of a professional community and became passionate about connecting you know, enterprise organizations to the partner community. From there, I went on to work for an implementation partner and at that time, I really gained an understanding of, of not only the partner's role in a uh, successful project, but also the technology manufacturer themselves and really how all three parties need to be aligned um, to have a successful project. And as Courtney mentioned, uh, started a SendSource about six years ago, where I was able to take my passion for the ecosystem and allow deeper relationships and insights to help end customers really maximize their technology investments. So I'm excited to be here today to talk um, on this topic because I don't think it gets publicly discussed as much as it should. We put a lot of emphasis on evaluating the software and making the right decision. And then we just go implement it and kind of forget that we made this investment. And so I think this is a really important conversation to, to have you know, publicly. So thanks again for, for having me. Pleasure. And thank you for bringing that up. Yes, about the people, but how do you pick the right ones? How do you know who's going to embrace your wisdom, your mission, your goals, who's going to help that initiative come to fruition in the way that I don't know who who at the top decided they need this IT team, but somebody needs to say, this is where we want to go. Let's put the right people together, right? And that's what we're talking about. And Teams is a very important topic today. So thank you all. Let's go to the part of the show where I've asked each of you to send me a fictional quote from a character in a movie or a TV show. We have two of the same characters with quotes today from the same movie, which very rarely happens, and you'll find out in a minute, the first and the fourth one, actually, or a song lyric. We might have one of those today as well. So Bonnie Tinder has sent us a quote that actually it's a scene, Bonnie. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read both parts, but it's from Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean, as some people say, excuse me, Dead Man's Chest 2006 fantasy swashbuckler film. You don't hear that word too often. Uh, let's see who we got. Okay. Uh, set one year after the events of The Curse of the Black Pearl, the film recounts Captain Jack Sparrow. We know that's Johnny Depp owing a debt to Davy Jones, played by Bill Nighy, the ghastly captain of the Flying Dutchman, and is marked for death and pursued by the Kraken. I'm going to leave that alone, and here's the quote. Pirate Joshamy Gibbs, played by Kevin McNally, as Jack steps onto the ship, says, not quite according to plan. I can't do a pirate accent, Bonnie, I'm sorry. And here's the quote that Bonnie has picked from Johnny Depp's Captain Jack Sparrow. Complications arose, ensued, were overcome. I don't do a good Johnny Depp either. Bonnie, rescue me. What does this mean to our topic? Go ahead. And, and in all honesty, he was probably a little bit half intoxicated while saying that quote as well in true Johnny Depp, uh, Jack Sparrow fashion. Um, but I think the significance of that quote um, is that the best laid plans, um, you know, are, are important, but um, challenges are going to arise in any IT project. And it's really the way that you can be nimble and overcome them, have the right team in place that's really going to, you know, make or break your future. 
Thank you very much. If I'd have known that the scene was done with an intoxication accent, I would have done it a little bit differently. But when I took improv and comedy training, I wasn't taught how to do people dying or people drunk. It's a very hard thing to do. So thank you, Bonnie, for that. I appreciate it. Let's get me out of the mud here. Let's go to uh, a landlock quote here. Literally on land in a field, uh, Paul Rose has picked a quote from Jimmy Dugan, played by the one and only Tom Hanks. The movie A League of Their Own, 1992 American Sports comedy drama film. And Paul, we see a lot of combinations of genres in movies, but comedy drama is the only one I've ever seen that's hyphenated. So it's a comedy dash drama, not a comedy drama like a swashbuckler or a sci-fi action thriller. None of those are hyphenated, but comedy drama is. A League of Their Own, directed by the one and only Penny Marshall, written by Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel, from a story by Kelly Candeli and Kim Wilson, starring wonderful cast Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Madonna, woo, uh, Lori Petty, Rosie O'Donnell, John Lovitz, David Strathairn, Gary Marshall, relation, and Bill Pullman as well. It's a fictionalized account of a real-life All-American Girls Pro ba- Baseball Team, the league, A-A-G-B-P-B-L. In 1988, Dottie Hinson attends the opening of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League exhibit at the Baseball Hall of Fame and sees former teammates and friends prompting a flashback to 1943 which was in World War II. So we'll leave that alone. Here's the quote Paul has picked. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. How was my Tom Hanks? Was that okay, Paul? That was good. That was good, Bonnie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you've, you, you have a future. <laughs> well, thank um, God. If radio doesn't work out, I'll, I'll go do uh, imitations. Go ahead, Paul. What does this have to do with our topic, please? I, I think it connects nicely, Bonnie, to um, to the point uh, Bonnie Tinder made originally there in terms of there's there'll be ups, there'll be downs, there'll be peaks and troughs with these IT programs. They're they're too complex. There's too many people involved. So many systems that you know that has to, that just happened. That's a, that's a natural. And I think I suppose from from my perspective, one of the key uh, considerations is ha- being able to have that transparent conversation, whether that's between the vendor and the client, the client, the partner, and the vendor, because ultimately it's it's one team. So I suppose that that's probably my biggest takeaway in terms of any any project successes that I see or we see in industry. It's it's all it's always looking back and saying oh you know we were at least we were honest there was down times but you know we we got everything on the table and then we came and we said these are some solutions option one option two option three but i think that um being on the same page is key and just probably a good takeaway Thank you very much. Appreciate the quote. And nobody's quoted that movie in a while, so I was happy to see it. (laughs) Thank you. Let's go to a quote from Courtney Bird, and she's picked a very famous quote, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson. We've got some iconic actors in our mix today. A Few Good Men, 1992 American legal drama film. Quite an ensemble cast, Tom Cruise, ooh, Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Jason Pollock, Cuba Gooding Jr., Kiefer Sutherland, oh my. The plot follows the court-martial of two U.S. Marines charged with murder of a fellow Marine and the tribulations of their lawyers as they prepare the case. And here's a little backstory, Cordy, I told you I would read this. Screenwriter Aaron Sorkin, he's certainly a prolific writer, was inspired to write the source play, the same name, A Few Good Men, from a phone conversation with his sister Deborah who is a graduate of Boston University Law School, and she signed up for a three-year stint with JAG, that's the U.S. Navy Judge Advocate General's Corp. She said she was going to Guantanamo Bay to defend a group of Marines who had nearly killed a fellow Marine in a hazing ordered by a superior officer. The movie did very well. Five words in the quote, it's iconic. 
I'm doing my best Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. I think that was my best one today. Courtney, rescue me. What does this have to do with our topic? Although it has nothing to do with murder, um, it, we can we can attribute it back to, um, you know, not being able to handle the truth when looking at an IT initiative. So uh, when picking this quote, which I thought I was very original, it turns out it was probably top of your list. But the real meaning behind it was if we don't uh, understand that we have to change, that we have to evolve, that business process optimization needs to be a factor of our key IT initiatives, then we're going to practice the same definition of insanity we've always practiced by doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Sometimes I think we have to take a look at ourselves as a team, an IT team, and say, how are we going to really innovate and drive transformation? It means we cannot do the same things yet the same way we've been doing them. Thank you very much. And let me go to Lauren's quote. And Lauren, I'm scrolling down here and you have picked from, I said there would be a double here and there is. This is another Captain Jack Sparrow quote, Johnny Depp in the house again. Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, 2003 American Fantasy, Supernatural, Swashbuckle film. We added a few more genres here. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. It was the first MPAA PG-13 film released by Walt Disney Pictures, and it defied low expectations. I didn't think it would do much. It grossed over $650 million worldwide, the fourth highest grossing film of the year in 2003, and everybody loved Johnny Depp in this picture. Here's the quote, and this is a very interesting The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. Do you understand? I don't know if he was drunk when he said this, Lauren. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I could could have slurred it. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, I think, you know, problems are going to arise in any project. That's just life. There are always going to be speed bumps no matter how much planning you do. But what we can control is how we react to those problems, our attitude towards those problems, Um, you have to, you know, become solution oriented. You can't hit a speed bump and have your team, you know, running around like with chickens with their head cut off or pointing fingers, you know, our attitude very much will decide, you know, whether or not you're able to stay the course and and not make a problem bigger than, than what it is. Thank you very much. I appreciate everybody picking such interesting quotes. And again, we haven't had two Jack Sparrow quotes in the same show in a long time. So thank you. It was kind of fun. I'll learn better to do better the accents next time. We're going to move to the part of the show where I've asked each of my esteemed guests to please send me four discussion statements. We've already talked around the topic. We haven't really dived into it yet. So that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to pick a statement from each of you. Bonnie Tinder, I've put one already into the chat for you. I'm going to read it. I'm going to ask you to unpack it like they say on the news. And then we're going to go around the table in the same speaker order. So I'll ask Paul Rose, agree or disagree with Bonnie. Don't be afraid to disagree with her, Paul. Just be very nice about it. Courtney, (laughs) I'll bring you in after Paul, and you can comment on what Bonnie said and or Paul. And Lauren, you get to talk about everybody. So when you're on your agree or disagree, keep it to about a minute, minute and a half, and Bonnie, take your time with it, and let's go. So here's what Bonnie said. Churn and burn. Keeping the team intact throughout the duration of the project is not easy. Almost 50% of the projects we review have some degree of turnover. It's incredibly important. Knowledge transfer and people dynamics are tough to realign when there is change on the team. So this predisposes we've already got our team together. So, Bonnie, let's talk about keeping the team happy. Go ahead, Bonnie. 
Yeah. Um, you know, when we see a project that is rated poorly, so customer reviews a project and uh, it comes in with a score of, let's say, a six out of 10 or less, I immediately look at the team turnover and almost nine out of 10 times uh, that team on the project had significant turnover. So there was people change, whether that was an internal change of the project team or whether that was the project lead at the SI um, changed through the duration of a project. The dynamics of that churn is super problematic during the course of a project and um, in some cases, it can the, the, that can cause a project to fail. Um, so it is so important to keep the, you know, the collection of people that you have together and cohesive throughout the duration of the project, if that is possible. Um, this idea of knowledge transfer um, is is really hard. Even at the end of the project, when a you know system has gone live and now we're going into a new phase with maintenance and things like that, even then when you're taking and moving the responsibility of the team to another group internally, there's um, you know potential there for gaps to happen and for things to be missed. So. The, the, the people dynamics and the way that the, the team works together is so important. And so at all costs, if you can make sure that your team, um, you know, does stay on for the course of the project, um, I think that's that's really important. With that said, um, you know, there are times that, you know, people are going to move or, change jobs, um, or they weren't the right fit for the project, um, you want to minimize the amount of those um, during the course of project. That's, that's a fact of life. It's always going to happen. But the fewer of those changes that you can make, the higher likelihood that your project is going to stay on the track and, and be successful. Thank you. Very interesting. Let's go around the table. Paul Rose, agree or disagree with Ms. Tinder? What do you think? Yeah, no, I 100% agree, Bonnie. Um, I think, you know, Bonnie touched on a couple of key points there as well. And one even around that, you know, single person dependency, like we see in a lot of these programs, there's probably too much onus maybe around, it could be a project manager, it could be an architect, but almost everything is lumped onto that person. And then, as you can imagine, these programs are can last maybe up to 18 months, 24 months. That's a lot of pressure. And and also, it's, there's a possibility that that person moves on. So I think, you know, in terms of provisions, in terms of mitigating some risk, you need we need to think about having that backup, backup even from an access perspective, solid documentation, even though it mightn't be the most sexy thing. It's, you know, that is key. And especially from any complex integrations, that's that's one that we see when we when we look to um when we looked at, at certain projects where the, the integration documentation needs to be really comprehensive to give, you know, to give that the support team the um, sufficient uh, sufficient uh, knowledge to actually um, uh, s support any issues as well. So I think that's key as well. Um, no, but in in general, it's it's such a key area. 
also, and I think the project burnout, isn't it? So people are really overworked, they're stressed, and often they put too much maybe into that initial design phase of the project, and they just run out of steam. And and that's what we, you know, that's what we see a lot uh, in the industry as well. So it's, um, you know, it's 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 a probably a focus on well-being as well, making sure everyone is 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 working in a balanced fashion and and can actually complete the project successfully as well. Thank you. Interesting. Courtney, join us. Thoughts? Yeah, Paul. Um, one, I think you uh, you took my response right out of my mouth. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think that Lauren will probably touch on a bit of the process side, but I, I love what you said. I agree with you, Bonnie, as well. You know, when we look at the burn and turn, I think we have to start with a collective understanding of what are our key initiatives and goals and our, our desired outcomes of this project. And if we kind of maintain that cultural alignment with our project teams, then we're able to do that as people turn over and change on these big key initiatives, right? So it's internal resources, external, but that alignment of, of your goals and key objectives and, and what you expect to, to see coming out of this project will help you ensure that you get the adoption you're looking for. Uh, Bonnie, I definitely agree with you. Cultural alignment, interesting. Lauren, join us, thoughts, go ahead. Yeah, two, two comments. I think, you know, Bonnie, you mentioned it, that knowledge transfer and that change management you know, we put a lot of focus on the initial investment, but are we equally investing on the other side of the house so that when we do have that turnover, we move on to the next phase that we're set up for success? And then I think something else that um, folks need to consider as well is when they're considering partners and they're going through that vetting process, you know, what is that partner's plan? Are these, you know, consultants that are going to be on the duration of the project, or are they going to phase out? And if you can have that transparent conversation up front, you can maybe get ahead of that, set those expectations or say, you know what, you're you're not the partner for me. I want someone who's going to be here with us through our entire journey. Interesting. Bonnie Tinder, thank you for starting that. Any comments you have back to your colleagues on the panel, Bonnie? Yeah. I mean, just to pick up on the you know, how can you ensure that teams don't uh, change to what Lauren just mentioned, you know, having something written into the contract, which ensures that you get the project team you evaluated during the the partner selection process um, is really helpful if you can do it. Um, You know, the other thing is, is um, find out what that uh, partner's track records for success is on team churn. It's one of the things that we measure Um, on a partner is the rate of change on projects. Um, And so if you can uncover, you know, what was another customer's experience? How much change did they have in the course of the project? Those are sort of those type of questions that you can ask in selection to know which partners are notorious for churning uh, team members on a project, because that's a big deal when considering who who you should pick. Thank you. I think we're talking about doing your diligence, aren't we? Doing your investigation, not just, oh, they came highly recommended or, yeah, they did something for a company we know or my brother-in-law used them or whoever. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, and today we know there's so much, uh, shall we say, transparency in who, what, why, when, where, what we've done, where we've been, who has commented, who has responded, who has maligned us for better or for worse, what our reviews are. It's all over the place, isn't it, Bonnie? It's very easy to research somebody. Yep. It's the way we buy in 2024. There you go. The uh, When people say privacy, I say, but the horse is already out of the barn door and you can't put it back. It's <laughs> 
It's gone. Okay, let's move on. Thank you, Bonnie Tinder. That was a great conversation starter. Let's go to one from Paul Rose. Paul, I put it in the chat. I saw you looking at the chat, so I know you read it. Paul asked a question. Can we work smart, not hard? Ultimately, if we think about the last few years with the development of AI with ChatGPT, organizations now understand they have to think about working smarter, not harder. Companies can only truly leverage these new technologies if they have folks who understand how to apply the new technology. I'm going to stop there and let you take over. Paul, this is very interesting, good addition to the conversation. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. I think, um, I suppose, from from a program perspective, it's it's so key. It probably comes back to skills, but you know, also, um, like there's so many areas, especially around data validation, where companies can get ahead because it's all very well starting a, a large transformation, large IT project, but when the data quality is isn't great, you're not going to be able to take advantage of, let's say, machine learning, data analytics, ChatGPT. So it's, I suppose that, and and that also goes from a process perspective. It's not just about data. You know, we see a lot of companies that are looking to get a project done quick. And we all know ourselves, uh, you know, something done quick is often not done um, with the due diligence that it requires, especially with these complex transformational programs. So I suppose from a work smart perspective, understanding the power of these new technologies, but also, and it probably frustrates me at times, you know, we see a lot of nice marketing and sales hype around um, artificial intelligence, but unless those core processes are in place and unless there's a real readiness around data integrity um, and that data integrity often has to happen in the source system it's not going to happen when you guys go live it's just not and um, no matter how 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 that's sold so um i suppose that's yeah i'd be interested to hear what what courtney bonnie and, and lauren think as well as well as yourself bonnie we're going to go around the table and we're going to find out so let's open the conversation courtney you're sitting next to paul rose on this round so courtney bird what do you think agree or disagree let's start with you well, first of all, Paul, you're speaking to my passion statement 100%. Um, who wants to make bad business decisions faster, right? Uh, no one. Ooh, right? <laughs> Ooh, let, let that one burn in for a second there, yeah. Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Like they say in comedy, don't step on the lap. Don't step on the... <gasps> okay, all right. You can go on now, Courtney. Go ahead. Yeah, nobody wants to make bad business decisions faster. And the only way that you can achieve making better business decisions faster is really looking at your core systems and starting with that phase zero. Do you trust your data? Does it have the integrity you want and need in order to you know, leverage all of the new technologies and applications that we have at our fingertips today. All that really does if we don't, if we don't trust the information we're getting is allowing us to, to delay making better business decisions faster and, and just redoing um, the same thing over and over again with bad, with bad data. So uh, you, you spoke to the statement I'm probably most passionate about in my career, um, coming from the, the data and analytics side. Uh, I could probably talk to you for about 30, 45 minutes just on this topic alone. So um, it is safe to say I completely agree with you. I, I stole your notes, Courtney. Sorry about that. <laughs> I did publish all your notes in the invitation. Oh, my. What no, did I, I do? Lauren, you're sitting next to Courtney. You get to talk to both Courtney and Paul. Lauren, what do you think? Yeah, well, I can attest this is that is Courtney's uh, favorite quote. So uh, good job of teeing her up for that one. I saw that one coming. 
You know, I think when we look at culture as well, um, you know, there is a lot of innovation. AI, all of this is is very new. And so making sure that you have a culture where you're encouraging people to to start playing with it, to start testing it, to see what it can really do for your organization. Not all of it's going to be good. And to be able to have, you know, that culture and that conversation and the people that are willing to try new things and and not, you know, I think one of the challenges on any project is when you have team members that are, you know, you're trying to rewrite, reimagine how to do things better. And they say, well, we've already done, always done it that way. It's not broken. What, why are we fixing it? Right. And so to make sure that culturally you're, you're willing to, to dabble your toes into that space is, is important as well. Thank you very much, Bonnie Tinder. You're going to wrap this round up. What do you think? Yeah, well, generative AI um, is in every single conversation that we have nowadays, every meeting. And so it certainly is now prevalent in this whole idea of IT projects and and implementation. Um, And, you know, as Courtney said in, um, you know, in her her statement, you don't want to make... um, bad business decisions faster. And the way to do that is to have bad data to begin with. And I don't think you can underestimate the uh, importance of starting an IT project with good data. Uh, And if you don't have good data, all you're going to do is lift and shift your, um, you know, garbage system into a new garbage system uh, that has AI an hour or whatever new bell and whistle. Um, so this idea of really taking the time to understand the data, what do you want to bring over and make sure it's clean before you do so um, is going to impact the quality of whatever transformation that you have going on. Back in my programming days, Bonnie and everybody, we used to have a term called GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. I was a programmer analyst back in the... Uh, COBOL on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5, key punching thousands of lines of code on hol- on 80-column Hollerith cards and carrying Paul's like, what is she talking about? <laughs> carrying around the cards in a box. And God help you if you tripped and fell and the box fell down. And the, uh, the operator in the control room and the computer room would feed them into a card reader and your code would get put into the computer that way. So those were the days. But Geico was garbage in. Well, this was your statement. You want to do a quick wrap up on this one? What'd you think of the comments? Yeah, I know it's good to good to see that it resonated, I suppose, that overall topic. I guess um if I look back to even starting consulting maybe about twelve years ago, like those companies that had a high data analytics maturity, I can kind of I'm predicting the future to see those are the companies that have taken had a focus on data back then and have consistently looked in terms of that data integrity data quality and those are the types of companies that will be able to um take advantage of ai that would be because they've always had that passion around data and it's not you know it's not in isolation i suppose and they've got they've gone to source but um yeah now hopefully some good context there thanks guys Thank you very much. And let's move on to Courtney Bird. I picked statement number two. Put it in the chat for you. Let me read it, Courtney. Courtney says, the art of a successful transformation project starts with a collective understanding of the outcomes, the impacts, and the goals. That was something I said in the beginning. Recently, Courtney says she asked very strong business leaders to provide her with their definition of digital transformation, air quotes, please. She asked that question to a dozen leaders, and guess what? 
Courtney got a dozen different answers. She says, if we don't know what we're trying to achieve, there is no finish line. Courtney, we got, somebody's got to crochet this on a pillow or put it on the side mm-hmm. of a building. Very well done. Courtney, talk to me. Unpack this, please. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the understanding of architecture is a factor. Buzzwords in our industry is a real thing. We can ask one business question and get a lot of business answers. Um, I always say that the technology is, in fact, proven. It's a manufactured solution. It works. How you deploy that said solution and the adoption of that solution is the determining factor of success or failure. But before we can adopt something or anything, we must understand our why. Why are, What are we trying to achieve? Why are we doing this? Are we ready to shift our mindset in the way we do things today versus how are we going to do them tomorrow? And do we have the right partner in place to help us through that journey? It goes back to something Bonnie said, something Lauren said earlier about understanding who your partner is, right? Again, that technology is proven. Mm-hmm. But how that technology is deployed is one thing. If it's adopted is a totally different thing. So it's just, it's past implementation. It's, it's looking at our change management process. It's looking at how many people are gaining benefit and result from a key initiative like this. And I think it all starts with asking yourself the question of why are we doing this in the first place? And what does it mean for us as a business? Um, it was fascinating to ask those leaders to define digital transformation and get all the various answers. I definitely look forward to hearing all of your feedback as well. Courtney, before I move around the table, I'm going to ask you, was this a formal survey you ran? Was this something you just casually in business meetings said, hey, I'd love to know what your definition of digital transformation. I'm just wondering the source of the the pool. You don't have to give names, but who? a little bit about who these people were. Well, it was, it was really interesting. So Lauren and I actually started a uh, a podcast a couple of years ago, and we got so wrapped up on, in, again, this market texture, these buzzwords. And I would just start asking people questions like, hey, what does digital transformation mean to you? Whether they're a leader at a big technology company or a giant flooring manufacturer, it, it doesn't really matter. To ask a CIO, a CFO, um, those types of questions to really understand their position. Uh, so we we actually ran a series of on on our podcast and at the end of every episode we asked that question what what is digital transformation to you and it was fascinating again never got the same answer twice thank you i was wondering about the source of of the question and that answered a, a lot of a lot of information for everybody here and for everybody watching and listening is you can run informal surveys just by asking a very specific question and noting and logging the answers. Thank you, Courtney. Good business practice. Lauren, you're sitting next to Courtney on this one. What do you think? Talk to us. Couldn't agree more. Digital transformation has become such a buzzword in our industry. And I'm ready for the the new buzzword, to be honest. But, you know, just like, you know, we talked to partners and to CIOs and business leaders and all got different answers. You know, I would encourage you to talk to your your project team and, and ask the same question. If everyone has a different answer, how are you working towards the same goal? Um, it's also really important that you Keep in mind, you know, what the business drivers are for this digital transformation. It's not just about the technology that you're implementing. It's about what is that technology and the process that you're putting in place going to do for the business? And what is that ROI? What is the benefits 
Um, because if you can't point to where you're trying to go, why did you make the investment in the first place? Interesting. Very interesting. Bonnie Tinder, you're next on this round. What do you think? Yeah. You know, as, as uh, Courtney and Lauren were talking, it, it made me think about um, the parallels between the idea of digital transformation and let's say a, a kitchen renovation. And you can say kitchen renovation and everybody sort of knows what you're talking about. It involves a lot of, you know, um, new cabinetry and appliances and, and things like that. But you can't just paint that with a broad brush. If I, if I said to a contractor, I want to, I want to renovate my kitchen. Well, okay. So there, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of details that we need to cover. What is it? Why are you doing it? How much mo- money and time do you have? How big is your space, et cetera? So, you know, I, I think it is really important to, you know, digital transformation, you know, enables an outcome. It enables a, you know, an after picture, but you can't just say, I want to renovate my kitchen without really having a good idea of what that after picture looks like. And, you know, and how much, you know, and you have to go in also with a reality check to say, you know, I don't have unlimited time and resources to do this as well. Maybe I'm just going to, you know, put in a breakfast bar as opposed to rip out all my cabinets. Um, so there's different there are different ways to approach a project or a digital transformation. And I think before you start, you know, throwing around, around that that terminology, you really need to understand what are the business outcomes I'm solving with a change in technology. Thank you. I love the kitchen renovation metaphor because a friend of mine is is doing a kitchen renovation and they just found out it's going to take six weeks. It took a year to get the appliances. Don't even ask. And they found out that the venting in the kitchen was improper and they had to drill holes in the wall and put in a 10-inch pipe for proper venting for the new stove. Don't even ask. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, I want to go to Paul now. Paul, comment and then we'll go back to Lauren for a second. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. No. It's a really interesting area um, that Courtney Courtney brought up. I suppose from just to maybe um, tag on to what Lauren mentioned as well, from a business perspective, it's very much you know what function as well. So IT may have a certain perception of what um, you know w- what's going what's going to be successful. Perhaps it's a clean technology stack. Perhaps it's you know applications move to the cloud. For HR, it might be a, a slicker, intuitive employee experience, or for recruiting, it'd be the candidate experience. Um, so, and then business will have different, I suppose, ambitions around this transformation. So, your, the measures of success are key, and defining those early because, as you say, you know, they could. It could in, in one way be a successful project, but you get to the end and there's no measure. So it's very much uh, subjective. So um, no, really, really interesting topic. Thank you. Courtney, I'm going to give you a one minute wrap up for this. And then Lauren, I've got your statement in the chat. We're going to go to Lauren. That's our last round. Courtney, quickly, go ahead. No, again, I just want to reiterate the technology is proven, right? How we deploy it and if it's adopted is that true success or failure criteria, right? So laying that foundation, putting that plan together, making sure everybody is aligned, whether it's your partner, IT, the business, um, that alignment is imperative for for success. If we're all rowing in the same direction, we're all going to achieve success together. I love the metaphors. (laughs) We've gone from kitchen renovation to rowing in the same direction. It's the only way to get to the goal. That's right. (laughs) What is the finish line? What is the finishing line? Finish line. Lauren, I've picked statement number one. It's brief and to the point, and I think this really is important. Lauren says the best internal talent 
is going to be the people you don't want to divert from their primary responsibilities, but these are the people who are the most willing to think outside the box. These are the people you can't afford not to put on the project. Oh my goodness, inside out, upside down, and wow, a, a not, not afford to not. Okay, Lauren, let's unpack this, please. Two minutes. Yeah, we can all picture in past careers and team members that we have today, kind of your best and brightest stars. And, you know, you have this fear of if I move them off of, you know, their day job and put them on this project, what is that going to mean for for the business? But when we're making these big investments into these digital transformations, you need that top talent, that voice, that person that is willing um, to bring, you know, the right energy and right culture to the team and really kind of challenge the status quo. Um, I mentioned earlier, kind of getting out of that, this is how we've always done it mentality. So when I say, you know, you can't afford not to put them on the project, you know, yeah, you, you don't want to lose them and kind of their primary responsibilities, but what does it look like when you don't have their voice heard on your project? Thank you very much. And let's go around the table. Bonnie Tinder, you're sitting next to Lauren on this one. Go ahead. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, your A-team um, internally is going to be your A-team that you have on, on the project. So you want to get the absolute top talent that you possibly uh, can muster um, on your project team as well. Um, and these are the people that um, you know, have some history with the organization, enough to know the way things have been done in the past, but who are not afraid to... Um, you know, start off with a blank sheet of paper and to break the mold. Um, they're some of the people who are going to sort of challenge um, the way things have or are always been done, but also, you know, culturally know what's going to work internally and how much change the organization can handle without sort of disrupting um, the apple cart um, just for the sake of disruption. So, um, a, a million percent, Lauren, like getting your A-team on the project, um, if you can possibly do it, is going to, you know, set you up for, for success in the long term. How much change the organization can handle. I'll remember that one, Bonnie. Paul, you're sitting next to Bonnie. What do you think about Lauren's statement and or Bonnie's comments? Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, I agree. I suppose it's back to that condition, though, as, as long as that resource is freed up, as long as that, because what's going to happen if it's not, if they're not freed up, they're going to become overloaded, they're going to become stressed, they may leave the organization. I think we've probably all seen it a hundred times. So I, I 100% from a skills perspective, you want your, you want your folk with the best and brightest skills, especially around some of the newer technologies. But I would really caveat that with the fact that the business has to ensure they have to make they have to be very cognizant of the fact that this project is a lot of the time it's it's going to be full-time if you're working on global process if you're working on data migration integrations it's difficult to kind of come in and out all right maybe there's certain phases in the project but um yeah i think just with that caveat but it's a yeah it's a really um nice topic thank you it is courtney bird what do you think I couldn't help but kind of laugh when I read Lauren's comment because I was like, guilty as charged. I cannot afford to not have Lauren on any big key initiative within a sense source. And I had to, to take a look in the mirror there. But what I think has happened as we mature as an organization is we've also matured in our ability to create 
really impactful teams with touch points and milestones and metrics that allow us to understand where we are from a success perspective within any key and you know project or initiative. Um, no, I can't afford for Lauren or uh, some of my other team members to to not do their day job, and I can't afford them to to not be a part of that. So I think it's a, a balance of um, trust in, in creating that right team, uh, truly understanding what you're trying to achieve, and then putting those milestones in place so that they can be tracked and you can leverage that talent while also growing new talent as well. Interesting. That's a whole other topic, a whole other show. Lauren? Great conversation. Start out and give you one minute to wrap up on what your colleague said. What do you think, Lauren? Yeah, I agree with Paul. And I think that's really, you know, kind of what today's discussion has been about. There is this right mix. There's no perfect formula, but finding the right internal people, the right external people to fill those gaps with the right partner um, does, you know, create this equation for success, you know, married on top of that, some good you know, best practices, documentation, change management. There's a lot of components that go into the team. And uh, it's really important that organizations give it that proper conversation and and not make those decisions hastily. Thank you. I want to thank you all. We have obviously hours and hours more to converse about, to talk about this. But I promised at the beginning of the show, we would give the listeners and the viewers insights. We would explore what the topic was and we would come up with best practices. And I want to thank you all for delivering on the promise of what we were trying to cover today. I want to also thank Sherry Ann Meyer, who is in the background watching us. Yes, we did live stream on your rising channel, Sherry, at work this time. And Hannah Hale, Hannah writes the most wonderful abstracts. She puts together the topics and abstracts for this series. And I want to say bravo again, Hannah, a beautiful job. I want to thank Michael, our engineer at Voice America today. I want everybody to wave hello and goodbye. We're not done yet to LinkedIn, to Facebook twice. That's two waves to Facebook and to YouTube. I added a YouTube channel recently. I want to say thank you to Bonnie Tinder. Always nice to have another Bonnie on the show. It's very rare. As I told you, I grew up in the era of, I won't even tell you when, but there were no Bonnies mentioned on TV when I was growing up. And then I went to junior high school. I know I just dated myself and there were three Bonnies and I was mad because I wanted to be the only one. I don't know. We get used to that. Uh, Paul Rose, it was just a pleasure. And thank you for bringing the accent and telling us about who's going to be on the, on the award show soon. Uh, Courtney Bird and, and Lauren Reinhertz, uh, applause to both of you ladies. Thank you for coming on and sharing so many insights and so much direct. Courtney, I love that you did the survey of people you were talking to on your blog. That's I think that's an important tip for everybody who's doing a podcast or a blog or doing something with the, in the public I in terms of the tech ecosystem, if you will, to be able to ask questions and collect your own data and see what's happening. What are people thinking? What are people doing? It's a great way to do it. So Bonnie D signing off, and I want to say this has been Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise. And if you think the future is already here, I say no, no, no. That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet. And we're all here, Bonnie and Paul and Courtney and Lauren, and me, and Sherry, and Hannah, we're all here to make it a better one. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. See you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise with Rising, a Wipro company. Rising enables you to create your business journey your way with SAP Technology. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag R-I-Z-I-N-G. That's rising with a Z. 
Please join us again on Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively evolving week. Thank you.